How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. As always, I am joined by Frank Madden. And Frank, the Bucks have an all-star starter. Wow. I mean, I think we both said before the season that as long as the Bucks were not terrible, we thought Giannis was, was going to make the jump to all-star status this year. Yeah. Um, but he made a really big jump. And uh, I think the... Uh, you know, I, I would have guessed that the new voting methodology with fans getting half the vote and media and players getting a quarter each, I mean, I would have assumed that would help uh, a guy like Giannis on a small market team who obviously hasn't really been a household name before. But amazingly, what, he finished second in, in all of those among front court players in the East, right? He was just behind LeBron in, in each of those three categories, I think. So, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I think it it really speaks to the fact that not only has the media and the sort of national uh, NBA fan base sort of caught on to how good Giannis is, but um, the players see it, the media sees it, everybody watching on TV sees it, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I've I've been a fan of this team for 25 years, and and uh, you know nobody. Nobody has is close has come close to to doing what Giannis is doing on the court and and now uh, to see him getting that kind of of uh, national attention and respect at you know the age of twenty two it's it's something that I think all Bucks fans regardless of whatever frustrations people may feel game to game over when they play badly things like that um, I mean this season. <laughs> You know, when you look back at expectations going into the season, and you know what we really thought was important with you know development being the number one thing, um, I think this season, you know, <laughs> barring injury, right, and that's always the big caveat. If everybody stays healthy, mainly, especially Giannis, um, I think this season is so far just a, a huge success, regardless of one loss. Yeah, it's cr- I, I I do like that you brought up that he did so well in all of those categories and. How well he did in all those categories is, I mean, I mean to me, staggering. So you you look at fan voting. It's oh god, one million six hundred four thousand four hundred sixty-three. That's one ludicrous over a million and a half. And top five in fan voting were LeBron James, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Sixth is Giannis Dedekumbo. And you look at those five players in front of him, you're looking at finals appearances, you're looking at MVPs, you're looking at dudes that have been just in the media spotlight for, I mean, for seemingly forever. Uh, dudes that have just been in the spotlight, in that glow, and Giannis is immediately below them. <laughs> it's just insane to think there. Then you you move over to the media. 
I tried. To, I mean, Eric, he beat he beat Zaza Pachulia in the in the in the fan vote. I mean, which is insane. You, you've you've arrived when you beat Zaza <laughs> and his army of uh, Georgian hackers. You know? <laughs> Correct. You move on to the media. From what I can tell, there's there was 96 media voters. LeBron was unanimous starter among them. 96 out of 100. And and I know I think on the low post, Zach said there was 100 media votes and. I think like Van Gundy said he wasn't going to use his, so I, I'm thinking maybe Woj, Woj said the same thing. So if he's in the hundred, he also said he wasn't voting. So so I think three or four don't use their votes. So 96 media votes. LeBron gets all 96. Durant gets 94 of 96. Giannis gets 93 of 96. So among media members, and again, you can say, well, who else are you going to vote for in the Eastern Conference front court? Whatever. I don't really care. 93 of 96 media members said Giannis is is an all-star starter. And then if you go to players, 324 players voted. Of those 324, 164 of them, roughly 50%, say Giannis is an all-star starter, which is the fourth highest percentage below LeBron, Durant, and Westbrook. So no matter where you go, if you go to the players, if you go to the fans, if you go to the media, everyone says Giannis is a no doubt, a no doubt all-star starter. This is his first all-star game. <laughs> it, it's it's lunacy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, you just sort of like for the longest time as a Bucks fan, you think. Well, you know, we're it's going to be so hard to get somebody into the All-Star game, right? I mean, playing in Milwaukee and uh, you know, we're the teams we're, we're, you know, the Bucks never have like great teams and it's always going to have to be somebody who's really good and then barely scrapes onto the team, right? That's like I think the the mindset that a lot of Bucks fans have. It certainly, you know, has been my mindset. I mean, I was paranoid when the voting started that I just didn't think fans were going to, you know, vote for Giannis the way that clearly they did. And, and who knows, I mean, it'd be fascinating to see how much of that vote was international versus domestic and, you know, whether the Georgian hacker, hacker army maybe (laughs) helped out Giannis as well. Who knows? Hey, shout out to Georgian hackers. We see Um, you heart. You guys. Yeah. (laughs) We're, we're, we love Zaza too. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of crazy that, that it, you know, and I think, I think Ben Golliver had a thing where, uh, at one of the, when they released interim voting a, a week or two ago, he showed where Giannis was this year versus a year ago. And I think he had like increased the number of votes he had gotten by like 19 times or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, granted, I mean, a year ago, if, if the Bucks run a social media campaign for people to vote for Giannis, yeah, a lot of Bucks fans might do it because, well, we love Giannis, right? Yeah. Um, but we're not doing it because we thought he actually deserved to start the All-Star game a year ago, right? I mean, uh, maybe after the All-Star break, we could have talked ourselves more into that when he was playing so so well and you know racking up all the triple doubles. But um, but you know, before the All-Star break, when I mean, he was still an up-and-coming player, he was still you know he was still finding his way into um, you know getting even into that conversation of of future NBA stars. Now he is an NBA star, and uh, to to see him recognized as such right away basically as soon as he really deserves it is um is pretty awesome and uh yeah i mean it it i think people have just been sort of pinching themselves probably a lot over the past month as as the kind of media attention has suddenly 
focused on him and and you know he's kind of become the the new big thing new hot thing and and you know i mean everything's cyclical right like joel Embiid now is is the new hot thing over the last couple of weeks i mean george deservedly so right it's been great um and and who knows maybe nikola Jokic will be that guy next week so it everything kind of comes and goes but obviously the main thing is i think Giannis is uh, hopefully here to stay knock on wood and um you know his production obviously he's continuing to produce at a really high level and now we just need his teammates to actually help him out a little bit so on that topic i, I think one thing that often happens around the nba is that you will you will crown a player the new thing kind of like you said so this year it'll be Giannis and last year it was Carl Anthony Towns year before Anthony Davis and it always seems like to prop up that new guy the old guy has to go so even even though Giannis will be 20 23 next year it'll still be like well you know what he's not as good as Jokic, whoever you want to say, um, do you, so I, I, there's always the buildup, but then at some point comes the teardown where people start questioning things. And, uh, somebody brought up the other day that they're going to enjoy the, the time of pre teardown Embiid. And I said, and I tweeted something to the same extent, like I'm going to do the same with Giannis because it's probably coming in a year or two. And a bunch of people said, no, like there was no expectations for this kid. Everyone loves him. He has a great story. Like people are just going to continue loving him and not start to tear him down. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Cause I think we're, we'll start seeing a little bit of it next year as they try to crown the new guy, quote unquote. And then if the Bucks don't win like a playoff series uh, in the next year or so, then maybe two years down the road, it's, well, maybe this guy can't win. Like, do you think we're going to get to that point, or do you think it will continue to be people loving Giannis? I think for the reasons you mentioned, he'll always get the benefit of the doubt with certainly Milwaukee fans. Um, you know, and again, like I'm extrapolating on the assumption that he'll – um, maybe not get dramatically better from here, but um, I mean, look at his numbers, right? If you look at his efficiency numbers, all of his his advanced metrics, he's close to the top of the league right now. So, um, you know, if he keeps getting better, we're talking about, you know, locking yourself into being a top three or top one player. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that, I mean, and, and obviously that conti- continuing that ascension is, is very important um, but you also feel kind of greedy, you know, at this point, right? Um, it, it does feel like it would kind of be greedy, but, um, but uh, by the same token, it obviously would be critical to the Bucks becoming, you know, real title contenders down the road at some point for him to not just be like a top five to seven guy, but, you know, one of the, the top handful of players in the league. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think with Milwaukee fans, he'll, he'll always, um, probably be beloved and, and again I'm I'm you know making a lot of assumptions here. I mean who knows, right? Yeah. Is he gonna play fifteen years in Milwaukee and then retire? I mean, well, he'd only be thirty three at that point, but you know, <laughs> is he gonna play fine twenty years in Milwaukee and, <laughs> and do a Kobe like he talked about doing a year ago? Um who knows, right? I mean that's yeah. such a long period of time. He's obviously locked up for a long time. 
they'll have the inside line to give him, you know, probably if things continue like this, a DPE, the designated player extension, you know, in, in 2020 or whatever it is. And so, you know, they have an inside line to keep him for a very long time here. And, and obviously you expect him to be great throughout that time. Um, so I think I think you're right, though. I mean, I think at this point, what what becomes the next bar is is, you know, winning games, making the playoffs. You know, if this year, if you can make it to the playoffs, which is a question mark, um, but if you can make the playoffs and, you know, maybe throw a scare into somebody, if, if not somehow win a series, um, that that would obviously would sort of, I think, uh, kind of hold serve as far as his his narrative and, and the excitement around it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, within the next couple of years, you got to be winning playoff series and, um, you know, going to a conference finals or something like that. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, the East is... Uh, I don't want to say it's wide open because obviously the Cavs are still around, but um, LeBron is 10 years older than Giannis almost exactly, I think. So uh, at some point, in theory, and I hate to question the mortality of LeBron James because we're not seeing it quite yet, but um, at some point, hopefully LeBron will decline a little bit and, and maybe the Bucks will have a chance if, if they can continue to build around Giannis. But um, but yeah, I think I think he'll he'll get the benefit of the doubt, but I also would agree that, especially in the national media spotlight, you know, if you're... 26 and you haven't won a playoff series and and people you know are not going to uh continue to just you know crown you as a as yeah. a top three or four player right that's just that's just not how it works so um so i think the pressure will come eventually but i think um i think his his background and everything he's meant to milwaukee i mean he he is not just going to be the best player on the bucks he's going to be everybody's favorite player on the bucks for for a very long time which you know not every superstar is yeah that's true um okay other all-star topics um <laughs> i mentioned something about the player vote and it being ridiculous and you did did not like that um <laughs> you you gave me a fiery rebuttal when i brought it up before so let me say this uh 324 players voted that's roughly, I think, what, there's 450 players in the league, somewhere around there? Um, yeah. So that's not, that's what, 65, 70% turnout, somewhere in there. Um, so not everyone voted. Um, I, I think for the most part, I, I think people have reported, people around the team have said guys didn't necessarily take it super seriously i mean we saw um saw tony allen's video where michael beasley got a vote um you look at some of the other votes uh i think every buck got a vote at least one i'm trying to think if anyone didn't uh did thon get a vote yeah thon got two which which is nice um going through the rest of the bucks thon gets two henson gets two uh tony snell gets two chris middleton hasn't played a game this year he got two um which is which is nice uh miles plumley three uh let's see who else jason terry three uh greg monroe six uh, michael beasley gets six as well delhi with six malcolm brogdon with seven uh, then we go to Jabari Parker gets 22 player votes and that's 10th as well. So he gets 10th in the fan voting and 10th in the player voting, um, in media. I 
think maybe 12th. I would have to double check there. Um, and then obviously Giannis gets uh, 162 of the 324 uh, player uh, of the 324 player vote. So that's good for second. So every buck gets one. Um, uh, the highest consensus consensus, I believe was LeBron at 61%. Um, Giannis, like I mentioned, was fourth in that. So, um, I don't know that it seems, uh, seems a little counterproductive. It seems as though players one don't really necessarily care about their vote or two care about it quite a bit and are extremely petty and won't vote for guys that maybe they've had a dust up with before. Maybe they're a division rival. Maybe it's LeBron and they don't like LeBron or something like that. So, I mean, imagining humans trying to do this and players in a league trying to do this, you can kind of see that maybe it wouldn't be totally non-biased and it wouldn't be uh, very objective and trying to figure out the best players. And yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just a weird situation. The players complained about it and wanted to vote. And then, well, I think you could say didn't necessarily totally respect their vote. So I think it's obvious that if, if we had to pick one group that we would trust to make these picks, it would be the media because the media is going to take it way more seriously than everybody else. And they're going to feel shamed if they, you know, vote for someone that they're supposed to be impartial about. Um, yes. So I, I, let's just put that out there. But I would also say the whole point of this is that these groups are supposed to get the starters right. Right. And if you look at the starting yeah. votes, I'm pretty sure the player. I mean, that's the point of this. That's the, the only they don't get they don't vote for the reserves. The reserves are not based on this. So in terms of process wise, I think that I, all that matters is that all that matters is they get the starters right. And the, the fans got some stuff clearly wrong. I mean, Dwayne Wade was second in the yeah. fan vote in among East Guards. Um, Zaza was in, was, was he third, second or third in the West front court? I mean, if anything, all this shows is that the fans are, can be hacked and, you know, or whatever, <laughs> or dumb and sentimental. Um, the media is, you know, takes it serious enough that, and, and obviously we're the closest probably to, you know, we would probably identify more with media than, you know, the average fan maybe, yeah. um, if I may be so bold. Um, so we're maybe a bit biased as well. Um, but, um, but I would say in terms of like what I take away from this, I would say not surprisingly media is probably objectively the best at voting and you get the, the, the least dumb outliers. But in terms of the actual voting, like I don't care if who cares if like a couple players, if vote players voted for like random friends slash teammates, <laughs> it had no effect. I mean, it had no effect on yeah. like the actual outcome of what you're trying to do. Right. It's not like Mason Plumley is a starter in the all-star game. Right. Um, and, you know, whatever. I, th- I, I would say this. I would make it so that you can't vote for your teammates just because I imagine there's, like, <laughs> teammates. Yeah. Um, and although it is interesting, like, what does it mean that Miles Plumley got three votes and John Henson got two? Should we read something into that? Like, <laughs> is there something to that? Um, I don't know. But, but I mean, look. Well, I mean, he's got, he's got two like, other you know, brothers gonna, in the league, Frank. They, they exactly. Could, they could have been... That's very that's that's very true. <laughs> if you if you carry the Plumley vote, you're automatically going to get three. Um, that's that's totally true. It's probably just because you can vote for yourself too, right? So it's yeah. probably just Miles Mason and Marshall all voted for themselves. And I guess the real question is, did any of the Plumleys get less than three? Did Marshall get less than three? I think he may have only gotten two. 
In which Ooh. case, you gotta wonder Man, which that's Plumlee did not up. vote for Marshall. That's really but. messed up. Or maybe someone had, maybe one of them didn't vote for themselves. I don't know. I mean, I think bottom line, I think, and I've already seen articles like, "Oh my God, two players voted for filling crappy player." Who cares? I, I honestly like, don't care. Like this is, I mean, they're social people. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter to them, and ultimately they did a better job with their voting than than the fans for sure and so i think you know i think the process worked to be honest yeah. i would say it worked See, it kept zaza out um it kept Dwayne wade out and i think we should be thankful for that because the, the days of you know kobe uh, a shitty kobe starting the all-star <laughs> game um is now theoretically over i guess i was gonna say i don't know if it's if the goal is to get the starters right I think the goal is to not get the starters wrong. Like not to have a crazy outlier like Zaza starting, not to have someone that definitely shouldn't be in there. Like it's essentially just controls for the fan. Like you're controlling for the fans being bad at this, not, yeah. not thinking that like the players are going to be great at this. Like they're not going to be the people that are going to get this a hundred percent right, but they're, including them and the media is going to make sure we don't get this a hundred percent wrong. Um, so I, I think that's the big thing. And with that being said, I think we should try to put together our own starting lineups, Frank, uh, see kind of what we, we each thought and who we were thinking of in the Eastern and Western conference. Uh, so let's hear your Eastern conference front court. I don't, does it differ at all from what we ended up getting? No, I, uh, I was, you know, from, I mean, I don't like Jimmy Butler cause I think he's a little bit of a, I don't know how I would describe Jimmy. Like I would, you know, he's like, he's a great player and I think he's the kind of guy you like having on your team. Probably he's a little bit weird and moody, I think. But, um, but I think he, I think I, I remember seeing a gif of him like smack talking Giannis and Middleton like a couple years ago in the playoffs oh, about it. like, what was he, he was making like that. What was he? What was he making that like that like hand thing where you put your hand together like quarterbacks do like over you know overlap your fingers? I think he was saying like locked. I got you locked up or something like that yeah. to Giannis. I think that's which, right. Of course, is now, which which makes me love the fact that Giannis annihilates uh, the Bulls every time <laughs> they play. Now um, that makes me enjoy that more. But but no, Jimmy deserved it. Uh, LeBron clearly. Um, Giannis, yeah. I mean, I think I think that order also made sense. I think you know that that's totally fine. Um, so so yeah, I, I I had no problem with before the, you uh, going to East. Yes, front. I'm I'm on the same page. Totally agree. Eastern Conference front court, well done, fans, media, players, etc. You got it right. Um, and my votes are the same there. So let's go. This is I think I think this is has to be the most controversial the the two guards that you pick for the eastern conference i think this is the toughest part of the ballot yeah so um i have one guy that i think i have to go with and that is kyle lowry and i think he's put up great numbers his rpm is awesome he's the guy that anytime you talk to somebody who follows the raptors closely he's the guy they always say is the best player on the Raptors, even though DeMar DeRozan was the guy who got the starting nod. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'd go Lowry. I mean, I think he, he's a guy who plays both ends. He's a phenomenal shot maker. He can make play bench units, whereas DeRozan hasn't been, which I think has been something that people often cite with the Raptors. And they've obviously had a great season, you know, one of the great offensive uh, seasons in, in NBA history uh, for, for the team. And so I, I would definitely go with Lowry. Um, 
And then I think the other one is uh, kind of a toss-up for me. I, I I think there are too many good point guards. I'd probably just go with another point guard. Uh, but whether that is you know Isaiah Thomas, John Wall, uh, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving. I mean, all those guys are great. You know, I mean, they all have kind of different situations. As much as I don't like the Celtics and I don't like Isaiah Thomas and I root against him actively, even though he's small and I feel like fans should root for small people, I'm not <laughs> going to root for Isaiah Thomas. Um, but I'm, I will give him my nod on the uh, at the other starting backcourt spot um, because the Celtics have obviously been very good. They're third in the East. He's their best player. Uh, he's having a phenomenal scoring season, super efficient. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll ever have a chance to start again. I'm going to throw a bone to, to Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, Lowry is, def- is the one guy I 100% totally agree on, and I've been, in my in my own mind, obviously, this doesn't really matter for anything other than, than for me thinking about it, but I've been waffling between Wall and Thomas. I mean, John Wall, 20, like 23 points, 10 assists, 2 steals a game, he's... He's just ridiculous this year. Um, but, I mean, same thing for Isaiah Thomas. Um, if I was forced to choose um, in someone, as Frank Madden would say, if someone put a gun to my head, I'd probably go Isaiah Thomas. Um, but I, I think either one of those two, uh, I don't really have a problem thinking about talking about being an all-star starter so um let's go over to the western conference frank um i think the western conference is a little bit easier let's start with the i I mean i think this just give me your five because i think there's only to me there's only one way you can go yeah and i think they got four out of five right uh among the actual starters so uh in the front court i think the front court is is right um you know Kawhi and and kevin durant i think are, are easy um you know kd uh, shooting less and just uh, having an unbelievable season. I mean, just his defense, his shot blocking, his shooting and a, and, and a fish. T- I mean, he's incredible, right? I mean, if not for the fact that he had too many good players on his team, I think he could be having an easy case for MVP. But because, you know, he's got so much help, I think I don't think he's going to win. But, um, but yeah, so KD, Kawhi, and then um, I'd go Anthony Davis still. I mean, his numbers are just so insane. Uh, and, and the, you know, the Pelicans have, have been playing a bit better of late. They, they, I think, have at least a shot at the playoffs. Um, so I don't think they've been so bad as to to eliminate Anthony Davis. So those, those would my, be, be my three, and, and those are the ones that, that obviously got picked. Yeah, I think it would be tough to go anywhere else. Um, Katie and Kawhi seem pretty no-brainery to me, if that makes sense. And then you could possibly go with cousins. Maybe you could go with Gasol. Um, oh, I'm not rewarding DeMarcus cousins, like screw DeMarcus cousins. Like, okay, that's fair. I mean, you could go, I don't know, Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gobert. I like, I like the Gobert. Gobert, I think would have been like the next guy in for me, just because as much as, you know, centers are, are <laughs> with the, the front court designation rather than having one center, the it's the the centers have been big losers and all that but um i think what gobert does um i mean his his (laughs) is true shooting is his true shooting number still over 70 percent it's like one of the best of all time you know he never misses shots and granted he's not you know he's not a guy you think of as an offensive player but um he rebounds he protects the rim he's the anchor of a terrific defense and he never misses shots so that's that's those are some pretty good things to be getting from your center um but uh but yeah so i think i think rudy's definitely a guy who who probably you know 
Um, I don't know where he finished in the ultimate sort of tally, but but he's a guy that that I think had a good case as well. Yeah, I think you could get cute there, but ultimately I think AD makes makes the most sense there. Um, let's go to guards. I, I think there's only two right answers here, and I want to be disappointed if you don't pick the two right answers. I pick the two right answers. I, they're they're the top two. If I had an MVP ballot, my top two would be Harden one and and Westbrook two. And, uh, you know, the fans, I think, got it wrong as as much as Steph is still terrific. And, you know, the, uh, you know, rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. But but still, I mean, I think you, you got to give it to, to those two guys this year. You did well, Frank. You, you picked correct, correctly. It, it's those two Harden and Westbrook. Um, I don't know how you could go with anyone else starting there. And like you said, I know Steph's terrific, but nah. I don't think so. Not this year. Um, those, those two are your two MVP candidates right now, and yeah. Um, all right, that was that was a fun little experiment to see where we were where we were thinking, and I mean for the most part, it looks like people got it rightish. The the combination of the fans, media, and players uh, did a pretty nice job. I, I think one wrong on each side, DeRozan and Curry. Those would be those would be the two I would put. Um, I don't know. Do, do you circle a wrong answer, check mark it, exit, whatever the wrong answer would be? That's what I would do to, to those two. Um, all right, let's talk about this Bucks game. Uh, the Bucks will be taking on the Orlando Magic. It's strange to think about Bucks basketball again, but it is something I guess we're we're forced to do. Um, this is locked on Bucks after all. Um, but it's been a little bit depressing as of late, but they have the Orlando Magic. They are 17 and 27 on the season, 12th in the Eastern Conference. Um, how are you feeling going into this game, and is there something you're keeping your eyes on going uh, against the Magic on Friday, Frank? Well, I think it is interesting. I think the last time we saw the Magic, um, I think it was in Orlando when the Bucks won. Uh, maybe not very convincingly but they they pulled out uh, a much needed road win at the time i think that was when they were had been struggling on the road um a fair bit so um getting another crack at them obviously you hope they can do it again and you know this is a team looking at at them recently they they had they i think showed some signs of life in kind of mid-december um but you know coming into this game they've lost three in a row uh they've lost seven of eight and you know we you've mentioned how the Bucks have uh, conceded 100 plus points in way too many games in a row. Uh, I think for the Magic, it's something like 12 games in a row they've allowed uh, 100 plus, and um, the last three games they've allowed 118 to the Pelicans, 125 to the Nuggets, and 114 to the Jazz. Um, so they have been struggling defensively, which uh, is interesting, obviously, because you know oh, you don't look say at some of the names on this. You look at some of the names on this roster, oh. the guys that that are uh, your your guy Frank Frank Vogel, you are oh. a believer. Um he's got you know Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Bismack Biombo. Uh these are guys that you would think would help you play very good defense. Um but for some reason the the Magic are, have just not been able to figure out um, much of anything in terms of uh, the defensive side of the ball, and um, they're 20th on that in that area, and they're 26th in offense. So they have a very uh, you know 2015, 16 bucks vibe in, uh, in in terms of being really not good at, at anything right now. Um, but they're still talented, um, and like the 15, 16 bucks. Uh, I think the last time I checked, they had gone back to starting a sh- kind of athletic point guard who can't shoot in Alfred Payton. 
and a center who's offensively skilled but doesn't uh, or struggles to play defense, and that's Nikola Vucevic. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. The more things change, the more they stay the same in Orlando. I guess looking at the Magic, uh, Fournier has a heel injury. Looks like he's going to be out for the foreseeable future, so the Bucks won't see him. Jody Meeks uh, left the game the other night with a dislocated right thumb. Um, I'm assuming the Bucks won't see him on Friday. Um, so two guys that have done some scoring for them this year. Uh, Fournier always does seem to find some open threes against the Bucks. Uh, he's one of those guys that just kind of feasts on them giving uh, some open threes. So we'll uh, we'll see what the Bucks do there. Um, I don't know. the The Magic team is, is just a strange roster. Um, and though I am a, a Vogel lever, he, he's tried some strangeish stuff this year. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, I don't know. Th- this feels like a game where the Bucks. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're looking to get back on track, a team hemorrhaging points, uh, a team that doesn't really score all that well, that's missing one of their their leading scores like this seems like the ultimate get right game and if things don't get right on friday man uh, what is it going to take for them to get right am i again am i crazy thinking this because it, it feels like that yeah I, I don't think you can take any any road game for granted if you're the i mean if you're the bucks right yeah. um they, they've been much better on the road of late sort of in general but you know, obviously they're they're in a bit of a rut of late, um, losing three straight. The defense has has really struggled. So this is obviously um, you know the unstoppable force versus the immovable object, <laughs> uh, except the opposite with uh, with the Bucks struggling defense and the Magic struggling offense. Um, the Magic did have some big offensive games. I think in December, I remember seeing them have uh, some kind of big scoring nights. Um, Aaron Gordon has shown some signs of life uh, of late kind of inconsistently, but uh, we've talked a lot about him and, and how they are, um, you know, kind of wasting his skills uh, at small forward and, and not getting him more run at power forward. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Ibaka, given that they just gave up a lot to get him and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, you know, it's sort of one of those things that <laughs> you don't do that uh, because you expect to let the guy walk uh, in the summer. But whether Ibaka wants to play, uh, whether whether wants to, wants to play in Orlando, and whether uh, you know the Magic can can stomach uh, paying him whatever uh, he's going to take to get. I mean, I, I don't, you know, giving Ibaka a max deal at this point, man. When when you when you if you're coming off a season in which you have Serge Ibaka and your defense is awful and your team has a obvious, you know, potential star who is a power forward can't play power forward because of Serge Ibaka. Like, are you, are you going to, are you going to bite that bullet to, to give him a monster deal? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I think, uh, Rob Hannigan's job could, could certainly be in danger in Orlando as well, but, uh, but we will, we'll see what happens. So, so I don't know. I mean, I think there's always the, uh, there's always danger when the bucks go on yeah. the road. Um, and this is a team, especially with Fournier out, you know, Again, you just hope it's like don't make it be one of these nights where Alfred Payton hits three threes, and <laughs> I think he had one. I think there was that one game maybe last year where he went like eight out of ten from the field or something stupid like that. When you know he's normally a guy who's often been low efficiency, 
don't don't let Alfred Payton do that. Don't let don't let you know C.J. Watson come off the bench and score you know twenty points on five of six threes or something like that. But um, but I don't know. We'll see. We've been waiting for the Bucks to respond, and um, we have yet to see a response really. The last couple of games, we've seen good starts, so that's positive. But pretty much everything after seemingly the you know six minute mark of the game uh, has has not been going their way. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, three point percentage for the Magic twenty six in the league uh three-point attempts 11th in the league so um they may be maybe willing to chuck a little bit against the bucks and like you said any any team like that that's willing to put them up uh, against the bucks you're going to get some and you just hope like you said that one of those one of those guys just doesn't happen to to go off and, and get hot on a night especially a guy like Peyton so we'll see uh what happens in that one uh the Bucks will have the heat after that we will talk to you let's see we'll talk to you on Monday that game is on that's a, it's a back-to-back right so that game's on Saturday um so we'll, we'll talk to you sometime. We'll talk on Sunday, but we'll get back to you on Monday. Um, and we'll see if the Bucks have righted the ship, if things are, are back to where – I don't even know if, if where they should be is the right term, but uh, above that line of mediocrity, above 500, uh, we'll see if the Bucks can claw back out of that. So Well, one thing – one thing, one thing I would say, Eric, is and it, I was kind of thinking about this today, um, but, you know, I, I get we, we, you know, we were bemoaning that, you know, you can complain about anybody who's playing uh, other than Giannis, obviously, you can complain about anybody who's playing. But the problem is, you know, the, the alternatives right now really aren't much better for the, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, if I was going to try to find a silver lining here, uh, I would say, you know, look at some of these guys. I mean, OK. You know, is Delhi a world beater? No, he's not. But is he, you know, he's never shot like worse than 37, 38% or something like that from three in his uh, NBA career. And even in his first season without LeBron, I think he was like between 38 and 40%, you know, so yep. he should be better than this shooting, shooting the ball. And and obviously with Delhi, the hard part is if he can't shoot well, if he's not shooting uh, catch and shoot shots. I was looking the other day last year, I think he was 96th percentile in the NBA, 1.24 points per play on spot up opportunities this mm-hmm. year he's 0.76 which is like good god or something. yeah so you know you flip a guy like that from elite spot up shooter to trash spot up shooter he's not helping you <laughs> yeah he's not a guy who's making you better um but you know reality is he maybe he's not the 1.24 guy but he's not the 0.76 guy either um so you you have to hope and and you know think that that there will be some uh mean reversion some progression to the mean uh that might be uh, coming there and um look i don't know with the buck centers you know again i'm, I'm not saying that that henson or if he cap came back in Plumley is, is suddenly going to you know become way better than than they have been um but you know again a guy like toledovich another guy who's kind of disappointed a lot of people of late look he goes over five last night he's the kind of guy who's going to go five for seven probably <laughs> The next night or yeah. whenever he gets in the game again. So, you know, again, I think, you know, it's easy to say, be patient, be patient. Um, you know, the, the, certainly the Bucks role players have been disappointing of late. But, um, you know, you look at, at a lot, lot of them and you can kind of say, well, the, you know, especially Delian and, and Telly, I think uh, you hope that they'll they'll get better. Um, so anyway, we'll see. But uh, hopefully, hopefully things get better starting Friday in Orlando. Yeah. So we'll see what happens this weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. For Frank Madden, this has been Eric Name, and this has been Locked on Bucks. We will see you after the weekend.